We're turning once again this day to 2 Samuel, 2 Samuel, and to chapter 6. We began this morning uh, to consider the next portion of the scripture here that we've been looking at, and we're going to finish this evening. I thought it was quite apt, actually, um, the great fanfare with which the ark is brought up to Jerusalem and all of the celebrations which are going on at the moment for the uh, 70th year of our Queen's reign. Uh, it's quite a, an apt thing of celebration uh, of both of these and one of the issues of course of the celebration of the queen in these days is the lack of thanksgiving to the lord they've had church services but of course uh, television uh, programs are not that interested in any kind of a gospel and indeed the national church is not that interested in any kind of a gospel either it's a shame that the queen uh, wasn't able to give uh, more of, uh, of an invitation to Christ than she's been able at this time. But we thank God for uh, the uh, monarch of this land and that the Lord has put his hand upon her and that she recognizes him and we praise God for that. And our prayer is that Charles also might come to a knowledge of the truth. So we're turning then to 2 Samuel in chapter 6 and uh, you will remember perhaps from last Lord's Day how that the uh, that David the king sought to bring up the Ark of the Covenant to the ca- castle of Zion and as he did so he sought to move it upon a new cart and the Lord's anger was kindled against a man called Atzar and he was smitten by the Lord and he died there and we're going to continue our reading from verse 8 so 2 Samuel chapter 6 and verse 8 and David was displeased because the Lord had made a breach upon Atzah, and he called the name of the place Peretz Atzah to this day. David was afraid of the Lord that day and said, How shall the ark of the Lord come to me? So David would not, would not remove the ark of the Lord unto him into the city of David, but David carried it aside into the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite. And the ark of the Lord continued in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, three months. And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. And it was told King David, saying, The Lord hath blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that pertaineth unto him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom into the city of David with gladness. And it was so that when they, they that bear the ark of the Lord had gone six paces, he sacrificed oxen and fatlings. And David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was girded with a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. And as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michal, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord. And she despised him in her heart. And they brought in the ark of the Lord and set it in his place, in the midst of the tabernacle that David had pitched for it. And David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And as soon as David had made an end of offering burnt offerings and peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord, and he dealt among all the people, even among the whole multitude of Israel, as well to the women as to men, to every one a cake of bread, a good piece of flesh, and a flagon of wine. So all the people departed, every one, to his house. 
And David returned to bless his household. Amen. We'll leave the reading just there. We gave thanks for the reading of God's holy word. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Our Father, we ask that you'd give us understanding of those things that we read tonight and we uh, would look into and consider. We pray, Lord, for an application to our hearts. For this we come and we pray, Father, that thou would deal with our hearts in grace and in mercy. We thank thee, Lord, for the dealings which thou dost have with David to bring him from being a shepherd boy, almost forgotten out on the hills, to becoming the king, not only of Judah, but of Israel, and to this position of being able to bring up the Ark of the Covenant into the house which he had prepared. Lord, we pray that thou also would lead us, that we too might do the service of the king, and that we might fulfill that which thou wast have for us to do. Bless us, we pray thee. Give us wisdom and give us help. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I would like, really, before we continue here, uh, to read the parallel passage in First Chronicles. Uh, and just to take in what is being said there, we can't do better than to read the scripture, uh, even if it shortens what I have to say. So we'll read the scripture from First Chronicles in chapter 15, which is the parallel those chronicles are the chronicles of the kings of Judah. And so the chronicler is particularly thinking about the king and what the king does. Whereas Samuel is really going through a history right from the beginning uh, of all of the kings and covers 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, 1 and 2 Kings, which are also termed first to the fourth kings uh, in the scripture. We know them as First and Second Samuel and First and Second Kings, but they're also called First and Second Kings and Third and Fourth Kings. Uh, you may have that also written in your Bibles at some po- some point. So, chapter fifteen of First Chronicles, and we read: And David made him houses in the city of David, and prepared a place for the ark of God, and pitched for it a tent. Then David said, None ought to carry the ark of God but the Levites. For them hath the Lord chosen to carry the ark of God and to minister unto him forever. And David gathered all Israel together to Jerusalem to bring up the ark of the Lord unto his place, which he had prepared for it. And David assembled the children of Aaron and the Levites of the sons of Kohath, Uriel the chief, and his brethren, a hundred and twenty, and of the sons of Merari, Asiah the chief, and his brethren, 220. Of the sons of Gershom, Joel, the chief, and his brethren, 130. And the sons of Elizaphan, Shemaiah, the chief, and his brethren, 200. Of the sons of Hebron, Eliel, the chief, and his brethren, fourscore. Of the sons of Atziel and Aminadab, the chief, his brethren, 112. And David called for Zadok and Abiathar, the priests, and for the Levites, for Uriel, Asiah, and Joel, Shemaiah, and Eliel, and Aminadab, and said unto them, Ye are the chief of the fathers of the Levites. Sanctify yourselves, both ye and your brethren, that ye may bring up the ark of the Lord Lord God of Israel unto the place which I have prepared for it. For because ye did it not at the first... The Lord our God made a breach upon us, for that we sought him not after the due order. So the priests and the Levites sanctified themselves to bring up the ark of the Lord God of Israel. 
And the children of the Levites bear the ark of God upon their shoulders with the staves thereon, as Moses commanded, according to the word of the Lord. And David spake to the chief of the Levites to appoint their brethren to be singers with instruments of music, psalteries and harps and cymbals, sounding by lifting up the voice with joy. So the Levites appointed Heman, the son of Joel, and of his brethren Asaph, the son of Berechiah, and of the sons of Merari, their brethren Ethan, the son of Cushiah, and with them their brethren of the second degree, Zechariah, Ben, Jaziel, Shemarimoth, and Jehiel, and Uni, and Eliab, and Beniah, and Maasiah, and Mattithiah, and Eliphaleh, and Mikaniah, and Obed-Edom, and Jael, the porters. So the singers, Heman, Asaph, and Etham, were appointed to sound with the symbols of brass. And Zechariah, and Aziel, and Shemiramoth, and Jehiel, and Uni, and Eliab, and Messiah, and Beniah, with psalteries on Alamoth. And Mattathiah, and Eliphaleh, and Mikaniah, and Obed-Edom, and Jael, and Azaziah, with harps, on the Sheminith to excel. And Chenaniah, chief of the Levites, was for song. He instructed about the song, because he was skillful. And Berechiah and Elkanah were doorkeepers for the ark. And Shebaniah and Jehoshaphat and Nethaniel and Amasai and Zechariah and Beniah and Eleazar, the priests, did blow with the trumpets before the ark of God. And Obed-Edom and Jehiah were doorkeepers for the ark. So David and the elders of Israel and the captains over thousands went to bring up the ark of the covenant of the Lord out of the house of Obed-Edom with joy. And it came to pass when God helped the Levites that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord that they offered seven bullocks and seven rams. And David was clothed with a robe of fine linen and all the Levites that bear the ark and the singers and Chenaniah, the master of the song with the singers. David also had on him an ephod of linen. Thus all Israel brought up the ark of the covenant of the Lord with shouting and with sound of the cornet and with trumpets and with cymbals, making a noise with psalteries and harps. And it came to pass as the ark of the covenant of the Lord came to the city of David, that Michal, the daughter of Saul, looking out of the window, saw King David dancing and playing, and she despised him in her heart. So they brought the ark of God and set it in the midst of the tent that David had pitched for it. They offered burnt sacrifices and peace offerings before God. And when David had made an end of offering the burnt offerings and the peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord, and he dealt to every one of Israel, both man and woman, to every one a loaf of bread and a good piece of flesh and a flagon of wine. Amen. So here we have the account also rather uh, extended and lots of names, of course, uh, given to it. But we may as well read the names and some of those names you may recognize. Uh, Heman, for instance, is recognizable as one to whom some of the Psalms were sent. Uh, there are a couple of words there, of course, as well. Uh, Alamoth, for instance, is a word which comes up in the Psalms. And David uh, is so taken up with this tremendous time, uh, a time of celebration. A time of celebration which would even put into the shadows the celebrations of this nation over the 70-year reign of our monarch. 
But when we consider this, we recognize that the Lord was bringing David to this point where the Ark of the Lord would come up to Jerusalem. Of course, the temple was not yet built. Uh, the temple wouldn't be built until after David uh, and it was Solomon who built the temple. It was just brought into a tent. Whether it was the tabernacle or not is difficult to tell. Uh, we can't be sure. It seems that David had set up a house and that he had set up a place for this, uh, the, for the Ark of the Covenant to be. But it could have been the tabernacle uh, from the days of Moses. It is possible that that was so. And we know that the ark had been separated from it for some time, ever since it had been carried down to battle by um, the, the sons of Eli and had been taken by the Philistines. It's smitten the gods of the Philistines, been returned to Israel, uh, come up to Beth Shemesh, and then sent onward, and it had been kept for many, many years. So it had been separated from the tabernacle for a long time. But what we're seeing here, first of all, continuing on from this morning, I apologize for those who weren't here this morning, didn't hear what we had to say this morning, but we we read in the scriptures there this morning how that the house of Obed-Edom had been blessed. The blessing of God on his house had come back to David, and David knew that the Lord, though he had been angry and had smitten Utsar because he had stretched forth his hand uh, against the law of God and touched the Ark of the Covenant, Yet still, the Lord's blessing was upon the land. And we won't go back over the whole message from this morning. But that came before David. And David, we read from uh, first, uh, from Second Samuel, had feared God. He feared God because of the smiting of Utsar. Verse 9, and David was afraid of the Lord that day and said, how shall the ark of the Lord come to me? But that works something in him. And we saw this morning how that Paul also writes to the Corinthians and says, well, I sent you a letter and it made you sad. Well, I'm glad it made you sad because it caused you to look at yourselves again and to repent and, and to come forth with a, with a great zeal, a great energy to do that which was right. And the same thing happened with David. David, after that uh, smiting of Atza, uh, separates himself from the ark, presumably goes back to Jerusalem or back to, to Zion, and there he begins to think and perhaps he go, begins to pray. I believe he does. We'll see uh, in, a re- in a moment for the, the reason for that. And David is, is correcting things in his life. How important that is. If we feel that the judgment of God has been upon us in any way, well, then let's not uh, seek to escape from the anger of God, but let us go to the Lord and say, Lord, what is it that I need to sort out? What is it that I am wrong in? And how may I put these things right? And so we saw this morning then the, uh, the work of God in the house of Obed-Edom, uh, the manifestation of the grace of God. And we come secondly from that point to the meekness of David. David now is humbled before God. David now recognizes and understands who this God is. That he is not just a friend, but that he is the sovereign king of heaven. That he is the judge of all the earth. That he is not just to be messed about with or to be dealt with like the the man down the road. And as we considered it this morning, a bit like a father with with his children, uh, may play with the children may have fun with the children may enjoy things with the children but there's still that relationship where the father is the father and the child is the child 
And God has shown this to David, that God is the father, that God is his sovereign, and that David can go as far as the father would allow him to go, and no further. And so we find then that David has a new meekness about him, a new carefulness around the Lord. And the first thing we might note from this is the study which David seems uh, to have undertaken. So in First Chronicles and chapter 15 and verse 2, we read how David speaks to the Levites and he says to them, None ought to carry the ark of God but the Levites. For them hath the Lord chosen to carry the ark of God and to minister unto him forever. So David being chastised by the Lord goes away to find out what it is and how he has offended God. Not just the fact that Adzer has offended God. So easy for us, isn't it, to, to look at someone else, blame someone else. It was their fault. It was Adzer's fault. He should never have put forth his hand and steadied the ark of God. The scripture actually tells us that those who moved the ark of God, the sons of Korah, were not allowed to touch it. And here was a man who was upon the cart, but David recognizes it's something more than just touching the ark. It's the fact that he's upon a cart. It should have been carried. And the men who were allotted for that were the Kohathites, and they should have been carrying the ark, and the whole thing was wrong. David should never have allowed it to go upon a cart. He should have had the reverence which God had set to it. He should have followed the instruction which the Lord gave, but he didn't do so. And now as he speaks to the men, he says, none ought to carry the ark. Notice carry, not uh, transport but carry the ark of God, but the Levites, for them hath the Lord chosen to carry the ark of God and to minister unto him forever. You have to be very careful, don't we, to, to recognize who it is that the Lord has chosen, not who men have chosen. Men have chosen many who have been wrong, but the Lord chooses every time a right. And so he also says in verse 13 of First uh, Chronicles 15, for because ye did it not at the first, the Lord our God made a breach upon us, for that we sought him not after the due order. The Lord our God made a breach upon us, for that we sought him not after the due order. So when we think about the meekness of David now, and the, the, the study which he has taken, he now understands what the due order is. And he is saying that God has smitten us and made this breach upon us because we didn't follow the due order. There is a way of doing things. There is a way which the Lord has appointed for doing things. And the Lord also in, in our day has appointed the preaching of the gospel for the salvation of souls. And many other ways are sought out of men. And we sometimes take the ways of the world and we say, well, let's try this or let's try that. And that was what David did because the Philistines had sent the ark back on a new cart. And he tried the, the, the ways of the Philistines, but the Lord was not having that. But the Lord's blessing will be upon the preaching of his word. David says in Psalm 119 and verse 67, Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now have I kept thy word. So he is now meek before God. He accepts the chastisement which has come his way. And now he is seeking to put these things right. And so he speaks again to the, uh, to the Levites 
in verse 12. This is First Chronicles again and chapter 15 and verse 12 where he says this, Ye are the chief of the fathers of the Levites, sanctify yourselves, both ye and your brethren, that ye may bring up the ark of the Lord God of Israel unto that place that I have prepared for it. Sanctify yourselves. Well, the sanctifying of themselves was to separate themselves, separate themselves uh, even from uh, conjugal relations. They are to, as it were, to fast and to pray. They are to come aside from the world. They are to have their, their hearts and their minds right upon the things of God. They are to be clean. As Isaiah puts it, depart ye, depart ye, go out from thence, touch no unclean thing, go ye out of the midst of her, be ye clean, clean that bear the vessels of the Lord. Be clean. And here, these men are going to bear the very ark of God, the ark which typifies the Lord Jesus Christ, the ark which has been the center of, of the worship. The ark which has been there beneath the very glory of God which has appeared upon the mercy seat. The ark which is central to that great day of atonement when the blood was taken and it was sprinkled on the ground before the ark and upon the mercy seat. That great ark, the ark of, of God, the ark of his presence, the ark of the testimony. And they're going to carry it. We too, remember, have a great thing. We have the gospel of Jesus Christ. Be clean that bear the vessels of the Lord. Let's have a testimony before the world that we are the chosen of God, that the righteous of the Lord. Be clean that bear the vessels of the Lord. And we see also in this meekness of David that this time the ark is carried aright. In chapter First uh, Chronicles 15, verse 15, we read, And the children of the Levites bear the ark of God upon their shoulders with the staves thereon, as Moses commanded according to the word of the Lord. You see that David has gone back to the word of God. And that's what we need to do. If we want to know the blessing of the Lord, we have to go back to the word of God. We preach the word of God. We read the word of God. We want to understand the word of God. We want to see what it is which is pleasing in God's sight. Not just religion, not just church, not just rites and rituals, not just singing and making a noise before the Lord. David did that the first time when the ark was upon the new cart. There was singing. There was rejoicing, uh, there was the, the, the dancing about, about the excitement, and then all of a sudden, God smites Arzah, and everything stops. And David is afraid. Those things are easy for us to do, and they're the things which people like doing. It's enjoyable to sing. It's enjoyable to meet together with other people who have a, a similar purpose in their life. It's good to, to get together in these things and many people love to join together in all kinds of ways. But if we want to worship the Lord, then we need to worship him in the way that he has spoken. They take the staves, they put the staves into the rings which were there for that purpose upon the Ark of the Covenant and they lift it upon their shoulders and they walk from the house of Abinadab to Jerusalem or to Zion. Jerusalem, it was already called, uh, but nevertheless, Jerusalem 
was just a small village really upon a hill at that point uh, Zion being the castle uh, at the base of it and uh, the Zion uh, becoming synonymous with Jerusalem in some ways but also in the scripture if you look up the times when Zion comes up you'll see how that Zion refers to something a little more than just the city of Jerusalem it refers to the Lord's people it refers to the place where God dwells and in this day and age God dwells in us not in any particular place upon the earth and then we see in the meekness of David the sacrifice and we find there in 2 Samuel 6 13 it was so that when they bear the ark of the Lord they that bear the ark of the Lord had gone six paces he sacrificed oxen and fatlings first chronicles fifteen twenty six, and it came to pass when god helped the levites that bear the ark of the covenant of the lord that they offered seven bullocks and seven rams oxen and bullocks they are different words in hebrew but they both mean pretty much the same thing either word could be used uh, so uh, we could take it, it, it as being the same thing here but this this is the offering then David is so careful this time. Perhaps he is offering a, 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 a sin offering. Uh, the sin offering was consisting of these things. A sin offering because of the last time when he had done things wrong. And now he is in his repentance saying to the Lord, Lord, forgive that error. A peace offering because the Lord was now at peace with them. The smiting of the Lord had come. But now he has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and they have brought it out and they've walked the six paces. And you can imagine how, how nervous perhaps those Kohathites were as they picked up the ark gingerly because, well, the last person who had touched the ark died. And here they are now taking hold of the staves and they are that close to the ark and they might be smitten also. And after they have walked just six paces, David has the sacrifices made to the glory of God. We see this new meekness. And oh, when the Lord deals with our hearts, what a meekness it brings. When God speaks to our souls in his power, we are brought low. We are brought in humility before him. And we bow before him and worship him. We see then the moving of the ark in 2 Samuel 6 and verse 16 and as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David and they brought in the ark of the Lord verse 17 and set it in his place so the ark is moved it is brought from this place and it is brought all the way to Jerusalem and God is with them and he helps those who carry the ark it came to pass when God helped the Levites that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord that they offered seven bullocks and seven rams. And here is the family of the Kohathites. Numbers 4 and verse 15 tells us of what shall be done. We read this there in that place. And when Aaron and his sons have made an end of covering the sanctuary and all the vessels of the sanctuary, as the camp is set to set forward, after that the sons of Kohath shall come to bear it. But they shall not touch any holy thing lest they die these things are the burden of the sons of Kohath in the tabernacle of the congregation so the priests cover the ark the priests cover all of the furniture of the tabernacle and the Kohathites are there to bear it and so we see this this great blessed family who are a part of the the moving of the of the 
uh, furniture of the tabernacle from one place to another. Historic. Uh, and we, we're just thinking over this weekend of the historicity of, of our queen, but that's only 70 years. We go back even further to her father and his father and back through history to the kings and some kings which we can't even uh, remember their names and when there were more than one king in different parts of, the, of this uh, small country and how God has been with the monarchy throughout all of these centuries and the word of God has been central. It has been central to so many of those monarchs Not all, but to many. And always there has been an acknowledging of God amongst the monarchy. Of course, in this day, there are many who seek to get rid of the monarchy. They would have a republic. They would have uh, to have such a time where uh, ordinary men can come. It doesn't matter how they've been trained or whether they've been trained. It's a wonderful thing, really, a monarchy, isn't it? That that, uh, a child can be trained up for this job, even from infancy. And we look upon the children who we've perhaps seen of, uh, uh, of uh, Williams and uh, how they behave themselves. And we, we recognize how they've been brought up to continue in this. That's a, that's a tremendous thing. I, I don't think there's a job in the earth, really, where someone is trained up from infancy to take on that job. It's not a spiritual job. Of course, to be a Christian, it requires the Lord to call us and to save us and to to train us up after that point but to be a monarch is a, a tremendous uh, uh, privilege in one way a tremendous hard job in another but one which is laid upon those who have been trained to do it from their infancy it's a wonderful thing isn't it when you hear about the queen how that she was a, a, a woman who met with Winston Churchill and so many other of the prime ministers of this country who has all of that experience and who can speak of what other people did and has that con- continuity all the way through. And the blessedness of it, of course, is that she recognizes God as being her sovereign. And that's what we need in a sovereign of this nation. So the Kurthites are they who are to take up this ark and to carry it. In Jeremiah We read, Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the ways and see, and ask for the old paths, where is the good way, and walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. Ask for the old paths. And that's what David has done now. He has gone back to what Moses had said. He has gone back to what was done in the wilderness, when the tabernacle was picked up and carried from one point to another. He has gone back to find out what it is that the Lord would have him to do. And we, in this day and age, with a church in all of its divisions, and there are churches of all kinds of denominations. Uh, denomination really is just what you call it, isn't it? There are differences in doctrine, but there are many churches with different denominations which have the same doctrine. So it's not really a denomination at all uh, in the sense that people understand a denomination, as in a Methodist and a Baptist and a Church of England and, or Episcopalian or uh, Presbyterian or whatever it may be. But people get the idea that the church is is split so much. But we need to come back to the scripture. And when we come back to the scripture, we are all drawn together around the word of God. Jesus Christ being central, the head of whom we are all members of his body. The Kohathites. 
We see this family then. And we see the fanfare in this movie. We noted in our reading from First, Chronic, uh, First Chronicles 15 of Shebaniah and Jehoshaphat and Nathanael and Amasiah and Zechariah and Beniah and Eleazar the priests did blow with the trumpets before the ark of God. Here is a fanfare. Here is the blowing of, of the trumpets. And as the trumpet is sounded, here is the victory of the Lord. The Lord is being, uh, is with them. The Lord, so to speak, is moving amongst them once again. And what a tremendous thing. When they were in the wilderness for those 40 years and, and the Lord would, uh, would lift up from the tabernacle and begin to move and they, the time was that they packed up the tabernacle and everything had to be shifted and they would go from one point to another and the Lord would, would move amongst them. <laughs> That's a, a tremendous thing. And here, here is something again. The Lord is moving amongst them. He's in their midst. He is on the move. He is on the march. And the trumpet, trumpets are being sounded. Not just the, 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 the singing. Not just the, the, the concert of the people playing the different instruments which we have read of. But the trumpet saying the Lord is on the move amongst us. And so David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. The trumpet was something particular. The shafar in particular was that horn uh, of, the, of the ram's horn. And they would blow that. And the Lord was on the move. And we see then also the fervor of David. As the, as the uh, Ark of the Covenant is on the move, we find that David goes with it. And there is a great fervor amongst them. There is a, a concert and we think of a concert as being, well, what we may have seen on television just over the last few days where concerts have been. But a concert really is a gathering of people together where there is a concerted effort, where there is a, a, a concentration of the sounds. And we read there of, of one of those men who was skilled in music and who understood the music, Chenaniah, the master of the song with the singers. And here, in this concert, they take all kinds of instruments. David spake to the chief of the Levites to appoint their brethren to be the singers with instruments of music, psalteries and harps and cymbals, sounding by lifting up the voice with joy, and, and so on. We could carry on to read down that portion once again, but time forbids us to do that. But here is this, this great song, and we find that David himself joins in with them. He is a man of song, of course, when he had been out feeding those sheep with the harp and writing songs and singing songs to the glory of God. And we find so many of the Psalms are Psalms of David or Psalms which have been written to Asaph and to Heman. We, we read of these names amongst the Psalms and, and David is in the midst of them. And we find that he wears also the costume of those who are with him. Interesting, because in First Chronicles fifteen twenty seven it says, And David was clothed with a robe of fine linen, and all the Levites that bear the ark and the singers, and Chenaniah the master of the songs with the singers, David also had upon him an ephod of linen. It seems that because the priests humbled themselves, cleansed themselves, sanctified themselves, as we have already said, and put on the linen ephod, which was simplest of garments, 
that David, though he was king, humbled himself amongst them, that he might just be one amongst them, singing and praising God. There was no great majesty, although he has this this garment, yet nevertheless, when we find him uh, amongst the people and, and dancing before the Lord with all his might, it says, and David was girded with a linen ephod. So the garment, that, that top garment has been, has been flung aside. No longer does he want to be recognized as king, but just a worshipper of the Lord with everyone else. He is just one of the people. And he sings and he joins in with, a, with this great concert of people to glorify God. What a wonderful day it must have been. We've seen these last few days and the things which have done. We've watched the, the troops uh, uh, troop in the colour. Uh, we, we've seen so many of the, of the different activities which have gone on. Perhaps, I haven't seen an awful lot of it. Uh, I'll probably uh, uh, trawl through and see some, some more of it yet. But what a, what a tremendous day this must have been when the people were all gathered together. And there was this great excitement of the ark of God Almost mythical because of what had happened with the Ark of God during the, the, the time in the, in the wilderness. Remember that the wilderness was some time away from David. We have, since the days of Moses, Joshua going into the promised land and taking uh, the cities there. We have the age of the judges, judge after judge after judge. Then we have Samuel, the last of those judges. And then the anointing of Saul and the t- time that Saul was the king, about 40 years. And now we have David. It's a long time, really, since these things have been shown in the great power that they are being seen now. And all of a sudden, here is the ark and it's going up to its place of rest. And the people are rejoicing and praising God. Oh, for such days. We look back sometimes at the revivals, at the blessings of the the time of the Reformation, of the the time of the preaching of the gospel, the building of churches. You can go to the villages of this country from one end to the other and find churches in all of them where the people of the whole village would gather together on the Lord's Day to worship the Lord, where the nation was at prayer and even those who didn't truly believe nevertheless were found in church. And the boys and girls uh, were gathered together with their parents and all were joined together in the worship of God. And here we have something similar to that. We long for those days. They seem to be days in the past, long gone. But they might be again. Let's seek the Lord for them, that the Lord's hand would be upon us. And we find David dancing before the Lord. This is not interpretative dance, which some churches take part in, where uh, some people stand on a stage and they they, they make shapes with their arms and with their legs and and seek to sway to the music. That's not what David was doing. The dance of David was just really uh, cavorting. It was uh, such excitement, such such joy to be amongst the people uh, and to see that the ark of God was finally coming to its resting place after all of these years. That David was so excited he couldn't contain himself. And he danced and he jumped and he leapt and, uh, and was so excited amongst the people. And we find that his wife, that first wife of the house of Saul, looks upon him and she despises him. And says, you are one of the common people. But that was David's point. He wanted to be one of the common people. 
He wanted to be with the people. He was just a, a man before God. He was nothing special about him. He didn't consider himself to be great as Saul once had done. He wanted to be a part of the people. And he cohorts amongst them and sings with all his might. And perhaps he plays an instrument amongst them also. He wants to be in the midst of this celebration. He wants to be filled with the joy of the Lord. He wants to be there. And though he cannot carry the ark himself, which no doubt he would have loved to have done, nevertheless, he wants to be a part of this. And we find the celebration then. And David writes in Psalm 24, which we read earlier, and verse 7, Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lift up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Everlasting doors. It seems that, that even the gates of, of the castle of Zion are not great enough to bring in the ark. Oh, just clear the way. Here, the Lord is coming to that resting place. The Lord is coming into the midst of us. He is going to come and he's going to be where the king is. And he is the one who will deliver us. And David writes, and many of the Psalms we might look at could, could easily be a part of this same thing. We read of, the, uh, of the, uh, that which was played upon Alamoth. And it, in Psalm 46, verse 1, we read to the chief musician of the sons of Korah. Those, uh, a song upon Alamoth. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. We read about that, that which was played upon Sheminith as well. And David writes in Psalm 6 and verse 1 to the chief musician on Neganoth upon Sheminith. A psalm of David, O Lord, rebuke me not in thine anger, nor chasten me in thy hot displeasure. Both these things are mentioned here. And so many of the psalms, it seems, are inspired by this day when the Lord goes up to Zion. And here is this great celebration. And we read of the doorkeepers. Berechiah and Elkanah were doorkeepers for the ark. And again, Obed-Edom and Jehiah were doorkeepers for the ark. I suppose we might... Uh, think that perhaps the, the first two are the doorkeepers as it comes out of the house and the others are the doorkeepers it goes into the house but we know this that David wrote I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness and then finally there's the feasting you see the sacrifices that David offers and those particularly at the end uh, as the ark of God comes into that resting place we read there in verse 18, 2 Samuel 6 and verse 18. And as soon as David had made an end of offering burnt offerings and peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts. And he dealt among all the people, even among the whole multitude of Israel, as well as to the women as men, to every one a cake of bread, a good piece of flesh, and a flagon of wine. So all the people departed, every one to his house. Here is the great feast, a great feast. Sometimes we think that the sacrifices were just things, animals that were brought, they were slain, their blood was sprinkled, and then they were burned upon an altar. That was the end of that. But that's not true. When you read of the sacrifices, remember that a part of the beast was burned upon the altar, but the beast itself was given some to the priests and some to the people. And here, David, these great sacrifices of so many beasts, it wasn't just a, a carnage of, of creatures which lost their lives that day. It was for the feast. It was to feed the people. And everybody was welcomed in. And all that was sacrificed, God was honored. And the people were fed. 
And that's the time when the people are fed, when God is honoured. And may we, each one, seek to honour the Lord. And as we honour the Lord, we shall be fed. And the Lord's blessing will be upon us. We don't have an ark in such a way, but we do have this. We have the Lord Jesus Christ dwelling in our hearts. And let us carry him, as so to speak, with us in every way that we go. And let us stand for him and represent him and let us rejoice in him and let us show the world that the Lord is with us. And that the Lord says to them, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. We rejoice with David over these things and we look for such days in our day that we might rejoice with so many as we see the power of God once again manifested in our midst. We know that David went on to do great things and the Lord was with him. And the nation was unified and the nations round about started to pay, uh, even Israel, this tiny nation. And God blessed them mightily. And may his blessing be upon us. And may we rejoice in his presence. Amen.